This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Audible, and you listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we fear the mighty gambler. <laughs> I am your host slot jockey Bob Mackey and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Uh, who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert and I don't want to hit a sore spot here <laughs> but we, can we talk about herpes? Uh, don't sing the song. Uh, Captain Herpes Chris Antista here. <laughs> I'll, and, I'll tell you anything you need to know. And uh, don't drink off my beer can Chris. <laughs> and uh, today's episode is Springfield with a dollar sign or... How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Legalized Gambling. Shh! I'm trying to teach the baby to gamble. <laughs> and uh, today's episode aired on December 16th, 1993, and Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Ah, bye, bye, bye. I Shoop! Uh, I'm doing it. <laughs> shooping all right. over the room here. Whoa. Uh, everyone is shooping with salt and pepper. The Grateful Dead becomes this year's highest grossing concert act. The U.S. box office has broken all-time records, thanks in no small part to Jurassic Park. And the original Joker, Cesar Romero, is dead. Aww. Did they paint over his mustache when they were doing his makeup for the funeral? I think he eventually shaved. Aw, what a bummer. Yeah. I didn't realize he was a uh, big old homosexual. Until, really? Uh, until, until listening to the Gilbert Godfrey yeah. podcast. That's how I found out. I really want someone to uh, validate that story Gilbert tells about how mm. he paid men to throw orange slices at his ass, at his bare yeah. ass. That's well, very specific. It is. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's too specific to not be real. Like the thing about Danny Thomas and other celebrities sh- uh, having people shit on coffee tables, glass coffee yeah. tables, as they lie under them. Maybe his yeah. dad sold bananas, and that's how he got back at him, <laughs> helping the. Citrus hey, industry. you know we can all we can deconstruct kinks all day, but uh, <laughs> I'm not kink shaming. Have as many orange slices thrown at any part of your body as you want. Right, uh, it's yeah, fine it by me. Wasn't clear. This is the last episode of 1993. Yes, wow. a lot of year-end stats We're in the cre- news there. Creeping into 1994. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's December 13th where I I think I knew Cesar Romero. I mean, I knew the Joker. But For some reason, I can name everybody who played a Batman villain. I really do love that show. <laughs> they were all the best. Oh, it, it, I got it on, I got the soundtrack on vinyl, uh, including every, a theme for everybody Oh my god! Uh, this week. I'm so excited. I love the original Batman show. I shouldn't know about it, but I grew up watching it three times a day. It was yeah. on a lot. They made a lot of episodes in, what, three years? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think 100 yeah. episodes every year. You know, the, the guest stars was kind of a Simpsons-style mm-hmm. thing where Batman became so cool and so popular that by the especially by the second season like we can get anybody we got Jaja Gabor or Vincent Ava Gabor, Price will play the Eggman exactly yes. they can get so many famous people uh, on it to, just for one episode or two parter I think by far it had the sexiest cat women mm-hmm. yes. in all of Batman dumb and I'm not slogging on Michelle Pfeiffer she was fine Eartha but Kid, oh, Julie Newmar oh and who's Lee the third Lee one Mary Weather. 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 Right. you just know that Bob because that's and, a, oh Adam West Adam West yeah. quotes yes. but I watched the original Batman and I know, you know yes. I was like these cat women Hmm. Cesar Romero, Frank Gorshin, Burgess Meredith. (laughs) And also in the first Catwoman episode of Batman 66 is Leslie Gore, who I... I've got no end of comments at of me of like she's not a one hit wonder. You said she was with Sunshine Lollipops. Like, 
You're right. I was wrong. Stop. She's had tons of hits. I'm sorry. Leslie Gore is great. Stop it's trying weird. to destroy Leslie Gore. God. <laughs> we never say anything inaccurate on this show. Certainly no, not. No, but uh, this this episode is the, the famous Mr. Burns Casino episode. I think yeah. it opens with the most Oakley and Weinstein-ass <laughs> opening Hell that you yeah. can ever write I, to this date. Oh, yeah. man. I love it so much. It's Amos from Radio's Amos and Andy. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Springfield, city on the grow. It's a proud day as Springfield is declared one of America's 400 fastest growing cities. And why not? Business is booming. Half the country wears Springfield galoshes. And say hello to the state's first aqua car factory. <laughs> Keep them coming, boys. Love this so <laughs> we, much. We'll see one of those aqua cars in the next episode, but yeah. uh, a faulty That's one. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the Ren and Stimpy Raymond Scott music. Oh yeah. Is that workaday world or gay frolic? Uh, <laughs> I had the soundtrack. I think it's, it's great. workaday world. But I, I mean, do we need to explain Amos and Andy? The joke is that it was a radio show. Yes. And the black characters are played by white men. Yes. And I believe there was very sensitive portrayals of African Americans. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I didn't look this up, and I should have. But I, I know everything up, Bob. There was a know? TV show, but yes. I believe there were movies in which the characters were in yes. blackface. Once they had, to, they yeah. brought them to screen. The characters became black, but they were right. created by two white guys doing impressions I, I, of black men in Atlanta. And um, the, on the TV show, they it was they hired black actors mm-hmm. to play them, who were you know. They were in the difficult scenario of I could either just not have work or be uh, famous, or I could demean my race. It was yeah. uh, protested by the NAACP immediately when it became a TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I <laughs> guess what? As with many uh, depictions such as these, it's public domain. You want to oh, see yeah. it? It's free. It's out there. Hey, you can remake it if you think nope. you got a good take on well, it. Well, I mean, there was the famous movie Amos and Andrew with Andrew, uh, Nick, what, Cage Nick Cage and, and Sam Jackson. Yeah, like what was that even related? Wow. Or they no. just did they just like the names? No, but yeah, yeah, like the, the, everybody let the copyright slide on it. Mm, so I think okay. only the tel- only a couple episodes of the television show would you have to talk to a lawyer yeah. before but using. I love that joke of like this secret. Like then they were back then they're like. Oh, it, it, shouldn't you be proud? You're on Amos and Andy. It's, this hit show. It's one of the most dated jokes that didn't come out of the mouth of Mr. Burns. Yeah, because yes. like it is a, the guy looks shocked that he's on camera because doesn't want people to know he's white. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's all great. The whole yeah. news on parade by Corporation News. Yes, on they, parade they can they confuse the Lumiere train pulling in the station myth with mm. television yes. instead of oh, film. Right. Which guess what? Never happened. No one ever freaked out no. when they saw the film of a of a train. That did not happen. Uh, and also, mm. I think the news on parade mm. is a very direct reference to the opening of Citizen Kane. Oh, of so course. this is technically Citizen Kane reference. I do have the clip here if you want to oh, hear it. listen. News on the march. News on the march. I did it perfect. And it's just sure. like it's it's The Simpsons. It still counts as the Simpsons episode opening up with television. And I think Citizen Kane, uh, even back then, they were making fun of newsreels. Like yeah. these yes. people talk in a way no human talks. They're really loud and screaming. The cost no man can say. Yes. That's yes. I actually <laughs> fell down a rabbit hole of research on this. I was just starting to watch the episode. I was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, News on Parade, that's a reference to News on the March, which I guess was just in lots of stuff, right? Like, no, it was only – they made yeah. that up for Citizen Kane. Yeah. News on the March. Mm. And then I read from the film journal, like, a seriously 4,000-word mm. essay – well, not essay, but article about how it was making fun of editing of newsreels back then and mm. how they can't actually tell a story and how it is made to be bad or – 
or surface level just to prove a point later in the movie mm. of how how the news can't capture one man's life in mm. four minutes beautiful but, but I, uh, I think you can just stick that in as another ooh. citizen kane reference yes on and the simpsons i have one final thing this reminded me a lot of my own crappy hometown youngstown ohio uh-huh. if you don't know what it looks like find a fallout 3 screenshot <laughs> it's not even as pretty as fallout 4 i'm serious but see hell or high water yes that too but like uh nothing but bank loans as far as the eye can see <laughs> later in life and heroin uh, later in life i would watch these old newsreel videos about my awful bladed hometown really? and it's like youngstown a city of industry and it's just like exactly like this yeah so you're going nowhere but up youngstown look yeah. out utica and like I, i'm yeah. sorry we're talking too much but i think we're all fascinated by these industrial kind of films yeah yeah back I mean, when every city well just because we're not a port doesn't mean we can't be a metropolitan yeah uh, like the, the go get them attitude about yeah. industry and capitalism it's even in this clip look out utica yeah like, well oakley it's more of a utica expression i i think that must be an oakley thing mm. since he's he's so proud of the steamed hams thing in Utica is a major plot point <laughs> of the steamed ham sketch. They did write the episode, right? The Oakley Weinstein, yes, this is one of the five they wrote this mm-hmm. season. They wrote five. John Schwartzwelder wrote five. And then the other 12 were handled by other the other folks. But that's a huge amount yeah. for one team to do. I also looked this up. Professor Rubbermouth has five <laughs> pool balls in his mouth. <laughs> Thought it was eight. And the record is three right now, apparently. That's it? Like, you will break all your teeth. You put pool balls in your mouth. You won't fit more than three. Those are real big. I mean, that, I, that comes from a, re- a real stock photo or whatever. Right? Yes, or a real yeah, dude. It does, I yeah. couldn't find the original picture. I didn't know what to Google. Still disappointing. I put more balls in my mouth before 8 a.m. than most people do all day. Uh, though I, pool balls. I always, yeah, what do you think I meant? I always thought of this scene because then a year, no, two years later in Round Springfield, mm-hmm. one of the lawyers who helps Bart in his case against Krusty, mm-hmm. just like, it was a parody of Alan Dershowitz, except he oh. also had three pool balls in his mouth. Like, yeah. This is very weird. This is a very odd joke. It does feel like a critic joke, but it was done by the critic team. It was, yeah. Two episodes were done by the critic team. It was the critic. Oh, so no, it's just one year from now. The critic crossover episode Mm -hmm. and Round Springfield, the Blood and Guts Murphy Uh episode. We should really move on. Yes, I did. I did want to like the intro (laughs) is set in like the forties, and I just love the the one word of Young Jasper. Oh yeah. You don't. I don't think you hear it any other place in The Simpsons. The way people act around here, you think the streets were paved with gold. They are. Young Jasper. <laughs> so yeah. I have I have two sign jokes that kind of fly oh. by. They're not great. It's it's the vinegar parlor. Uh, I think and, the, uh, the James Brooks marquee is yeah. pretty good. Oh uh, well Heinrich's monocle shop, but yeah, after they pass <laughs> a, a porno theater playing sperms of endearment and I'll do anyone, both James L. Brooks movies, <laughs> they meet a James L. Brooks bum. That's right. Street. It was the James L. Brooks bum who bum who was last seen in Brother Can I Spare Two Dimes mm-hmm. who made the Mickey Mouse massage parlors. Mm. And uh, I, I felt that was intentional. They could have met any bum asking for money. And then it was them like, one of those weird, the one of the weird like right side of the aisle Simpsons jokes yeah. about like entitlement society of just saying, if, yeah. I guess it's in a way also making fun of the older generation who thinks when well, yeah, it was my age, I had to work for everything, and then <laughs> then they close the door and go like, "I want free money." Give me, it's, give me, give me. it's similar to like no Obamacare, but don't take away my Medicaid. Like <laughs> it's just like a weird argument to make. In my day, the things I liked were the most important. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Only things were good then. Then Homer finds something in the toilet. That's right. And I got to. It's probably the earliest line of the show we're ever going to have. Uh. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> Hey, there's something you don't see in a toilet every day. 
Anybody lose their glasses? Last chance. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh. <laughs> the sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. That's a right triangle, you idiot! Don't! <laughs> <laughs> Love the quick camera rip yeah. just to a guy's legs yeah. <laughs> who the, knows everything about the isosceles the triangle. The angle of him looking in the toilet is, yeah. is so good, but also disgusting because yeah. you just, you're imagining what Homer is seeing yeah. in the yeah. toilet yeah. out of Roll back things. and listen to that clip. You, like I, the, the audio gets distorted because the camera's underwater. That's right, yeah. And we know, we know what quote is uh, Homer referencing. I right? have the clip. Okay, cool, awesome. Oh, do you? Oh, you surprised me. Therefore, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Universitatis Committeatum E Pluribus Unum, I hereby confer upon you the honorary degree of THD. <laughs> THD? Yeah, that's Doctor of Thinkology. The sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. Oh, joy! Rapture! I've got a brain! Scarecrow. So the toilet Scarecrow. man. The toilet man is right. The scarecrow <laughs> fucked up. Yes, yeah. that is not the Pythagorean theorem for a right triangle. Also, knowing the Pythagorean theorem, that's like eighth grade algebra. It's not yes. like the smartest thing a man could ever say. Didn't pass it. No <laughs> idea. Well, I think in Wizard of Oz, it is a children's movie, that's true. so they're trying to say like something that is relatively smart that children would know. It was weird. Oz, I, oh. I didn't get that. Immediately, but in watching this episode and doing some research, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I found out it was a Wizard of Oz reference. And I remembered Scarecrow saying that, and it diminished the joke for a second mm-hmm. <laughs> until I found out that it was, they're making fun of the Scarecrow got it wrong. Yeah, and then no one corrects <laughs> yeah. him. And that and one guy's been waiting his whole life to correct the Scarecrow. Yeah, somebody finally said it, yeah. And someone I, came into my bathroom <laughs> and quoted the Scarecrow. The Wizard of Oz is much more entertaining, and it's a good movie, but it's a, just, just thinking that Judy Garland is probably on speed for most of the movie. Oh, yeah, it really she's helps. like dying. Yeah, it's like, we're going to shoot you up with speed and then shoot you full of tranquilizers oh. to go to bed. Three oh. hours of sleep. Yeah. See you tomorrow, Judy. You got to learn to dance. Do the jitterbug. Also, you have to marry Mickey Rooney. I'm sorry. Yes. It's in your contract. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy, speaking of blackface, she's, uh, don't look that up. But uh, speaking of shameful past, mm-hmm. they have another uh, appearance by Henry Kissinger. Who, oh, yeah. uh, that is nuts. The amount of people in this episode who are dead. Oh, it's proof Kissinger's that... Kissinger's not and dead. And none of them are Henry Kissinger. I can't believe it's, it. It's really proof that evil is never punished. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if you look at him if you look at him now, he looks like a boomer from Left 4 Dead. He's just like, there's just a sunken... A head sunken into a giant beach ball of a body. But he's, he's done so much evil in this world, I don't know. It must be just pure spite, just pure bile just, keeping him alive. Look, just look up Henry Kissinger, war criminal. You'll get your yeah. get some answers. But that he was, he was a secretary of state and the people have made... Fu- like, I see people make fun of the fact that liberals have said, oh, can you believe Trump posed with this person? That's mm-hmm. terrible. And then they say, here's Hillary Clinton with Henry Kissinger. Here's mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert with Henry Kissinger. Yeah. It's like, it's fun. It's Henry Kissinger. Like, no. The, they, it's they, like meeting Cesar Romero in Joker makeup. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Paris Peace Accord thing he thinks of in his head was what won him a Nobel Prize mm-hmm. For ending the Vietnam War, but this was something that was like just recently proven by mm. declassified documents. Nixon, who was a member of Lyndon Johnson's administration, mm-hmm. purposefully delayed what could have been the end of the Vietnam War mm. because it would have hurt Nixon's ability to beat Hubert H. Humphrey. Mm. And so he like literally had a war continue that killed millions <laughs> to let Nixon win an election. Like, what a great guy. 
Well, there you go. Thanks a lot, Henry. Yes. The one skid mark in the Nixon administration. You I had know. to go and dig it up. So he's still kicking in 93, but will the Talking Simpsons curse strike again? Oh, God. Ooh, I the guess the we'll Gordy find Howe out. Memorial curse. <laughs> this one is about four weeks early, so it yeah, could happen. Watch out, Henry. We're coming for you. And I like. I think it is Burns would be would be friends with Kissinger. He'd be, yeah. He would be the type of dude who's friends with him. But I like that even they're just fed up with him, just like... Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's supposed to be yeah. what's funny about it is that Kissinger is so evil he's meeting with Burns yeah. and Burns is still more evil. Well yeah, and Oakley and Weinstein are huge Nixon oh, fans. Yeah, they know they know how evil uh Henry Kissinger is. But do your research guys, look it up. Henry Kissinger war criminal. It takes kind of a weird turn of just like saying Oh, there's a recession now, and yeah. it's just introducing that Springfield is going through a recession, which was going on like a recession started in the Bush administration after mm-hmm. the booming 80s, then it's just a time marker on it. You can't totally blame H.W. for mm-hmm. it, but a recession yeah. began in his administration, and then when Clinton took over, things did improve some a lot because of the tech bubble, but I'm no economist mm-hmm. to explain it. But, they do yeah. age up Mr. Burns a bit. Uh, he says he's, he's lived through 12 recessions, 8 <laughs> panics, and 5 years of McKinley-nomics. Yeah, McKinley was president from 1897 to 1901, meaning uh, uh, Mr. Burns is much older than we saw him in uh, uh, Rosebud. He's up to his 104-year-old yeah. face time now. But let's, let's hear that whole thing, I guess. Sir, bad news from accounting. The economy's hit us pretty hard. <laughs> Tough times, eh? I've lived through 12 recessions, 8 panics, and 5 years of McKinleynomics. <laughs> I'll survive this. I'll even so, sir, we could stand to lay off a few employees. Oh, very well. Lay off him, 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 him. Hmm. <laughs> Better keep the egghead. He just might come in handy. This is part of a secret running joke in the show of Burns uh, seeing Homer doing something on a screen and not yep. interpreting it right and yep. then selecting him for something yeah, or this whole choosing season. him to do something. Yeah. And I also think that's how layoffs work at a company. Yeah. It's like, oh, you got to lose people? There, did it. Dartboard time. Yep, dartboard time. And then we get a nice Kent Brockman. Kent Brockman in a lot of these episodes works great. Is like, I will frame the story of this episode. That gets lost later on, but I'm loving this that Kent Brockman has a point of view and can't keep from putting it on the air Merkin Merkin's era of Brockman is the best use of Brockman he's not like (laughs) he's not just a haircut on TV and even in the Oakley Weinstein he's barely masking his contempt for the audience he's speaking to he's got a real agenda (laughs) yes he really does it's in Revelation Scott things aren't as happy as they used to be down here at the unemployment office (laughs) joblessness is no longer just for philosophy majors useful people are starting to feel the pinch I haven't been able to find a job in six years. Huh. And what training do you have? Five years of modern dance, six years of tap. (laughs) The economic slump began last spring when the government closed Fort Springfield, devastating the city's liquor and prostitution industries. Now, at the risk of being unpopular, this reporter places the blame for all of this squarely on you, the viewers. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think there should be a follow-up to that joke. And because we're thorough... There's a prostitute outside Fort Simpson with a sign that says Fort Bragg. Bragg, Yeah. So if you'd like to do the research Uh, of Fort Bragg and prostitution, there's a headline as recently as two months ago. Wow. There's a headline from last year. There's a headline from the year before that. There's a headline about a young soldier, a male soldier being forced into prostitution by someone who wasn't even at Fort Bragg, who didn't, wasn't stationed. It's crazy. Fort Bragg is littered littered with prostitution. I just wanted to see if the Simpsons was calling out a a current or famous scandal. just like sex work naturally pops up around army bases I think, for obvious reasons. I think that might be the case. Yeah, uh, it's just the market. It's just capitalism. It's blind demand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, speaking of dark things, you can find out this is a slight tangent, but like 
Bob alerted me to this that somebody so on the Bart's Inner Child episode, Bob mm-hmm. mentions a infomercial guy. Oh, Don Lapree, right? Don Lapree yeah. was who was identified. You asked the listeners to identify him, they immediately did. Yeah, thank you guys. And then Bob was like told me what happened to him, and then I went to his wiki page. I was like, Holy shit, this is the darkest ending ever for this guy. He's no longer with us, Doug Lapree. Don Lapree. Uh, Don Lapree. Don Lapree, right. I mean, should we say what is. Hey, his well, yeah. I mean, he, like, uh, he was arrested for uh, any kind of fraud you could name, mm-hmm. any kind of embezzlement you could name. He killed himself with a razor to his throat while in police custody Whoa. and covered it up with sheets so he could bleed out and die. I mean, Holy shit. sorry uh, if that. Uh, disgusted you but uh it, it i was not expecting to learn that was the end of don lapree <laughs> yes. the guy who would tell me to buy 1-900 numbers in 1993 wow so uh yeah. know, you, there aren't happy yeah. endings way to take story. the coward's way out Don. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh and, and, you know where i lived in jacksonville that mm-hmm. was it was it was a fear every once in a while i'd be like what if they move the military base somewhere else like it was so many families live there because of that but yeah. it was also just a center of commerce there too like jacksonville was like a one horse it's a fake big city like yeah. they're like oh we're a big city we don't want big city problems though that doesn't seem well it's also like the baptists uh the baptist church's own big chunks of the city so they won't let cool things be there uh-huh. and like a gay bar perhaps has to be like on the other wrong side of the tracks we don't they, want your fancy internet <laughs> Exactly. The Lattes. only time they ever lightened any of their like horrible rules or tried to act like a big city was when they spent all this money on getting the Super Bowl to come there. And so for ah. like one week, we're like, oh, this is like a real city where you can like walk around drinking and there's cabs everywhere <laughs> and yeah, you there's actually, celebrities. This is interesting. You know, I, my, my dad's sister married into a family that gave us access to a beach house or two mm. because they're Ooh, all Duck, Chris Antista. Well, because the Antista millionaires, it, we don't come from wealth. It's that <laughs> they, they were all air force people next mm. to the Panama city air force base within like they have a major airport with nothing around it for miles uh. at all. But they have beachfront property because mm. there's nothing else there, but yeah. the military base. And they're the only people who, who bought it in the fifties. It would cost nothing. Yeah. yeah. It was nothing then. Mm-hmm. But then. then they have a town meeting to decide mm-hmm. how they're going to fix this thing. And I propose that I use what's left of the town <laughs> treasury to move to a more prosperous town and run for mayor. And uh, once elected, I will send huh. for the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just... My favorite era is just inconsolably angry Simpson or Springfield Towns uh, folks. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I mean, Merkin really amps up the mob violence in yes. his seasons, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, we're this coming pretty season. soon after the mob in Bart's Inner Child. Right. And now he's got another mob. Though this whole sequence is a sequel to the monorail. Yeah. Like, it really feels it happen- like it. It happens at the exact same point in the episode, too. Mm-hmm. Near the end of Act 1, they're having another town meeting to be like, how do we save this crappy town, or what do we but it, do? But it has to be, because it's making a joke about yeah. something that had to happen previously. Yeah, though, though Lisa, Lisa offering up her piggy bank, by the way, I think was a very, was something out of character for her. It was too innocent and dumb for, yeah. uh, like, Lisa wouldn't be the one to do it, but they needed someone innocent to do it, and mm-hmm. so Bart couldn't do it. It could have been, like, Ralph or something, for, like, yeah. one of the, like, Janie, who knows, one of the lesser-known <laughs> Simpsons children. Give Janie a chance at yeah. saying a funny joke. She where's, doesn't get much. Where's Wendell? Is he okay? And there's a very off-model of Pooh right behind Oh, yeah. Uh, I did notice that. that. Yeah. There, if you look at the townspeople, there's actually a moment where everybody turns around that their heads are full exorcist. They just, uh, they do a yeah. 180 turn. Yeah. Uh, but I love this scene. Now, I uh, hesitate to bring this up, but a number of cities have rejuvenated their economies with uh, 
legalized gambling. There is an added bonus. Some of the revenue can go to help our underfunded public schools. <laughs> well, I like the part about the gambling. <laughs> what do you think, Reverend? Once something has been approved by the government, it's no longer immoral. Yeah! I love that so by much. By building a casino, I could tighten my stranglehold on this dismal town. I do love just how the crowd uh, turns on a dime. Uh, we see that in the next episode with uh, yeah. Ned proposing he be the, the the leader of the neighborhood watch, and then <laughs> he's right. And then like someone else, why not that? Like they just change on a dime. Yes, uh, and that. Uh, I, I it's think one it's, of two bar- great Barney Burt moments in this episode. I think that Still killing it, Barney. Skinner, it's weird that Skinner's the one to bring it I up. I didn't think that. Yeah. Somebody had to. But, I mean, he did uh, talk about the schools. Yeah, right? that's yeah. true. So it gives his angle. But I, I, it feels like a very normal... It felt like a very thing that somebody who is not used to public speaking would do of like a number of cities, like just the way he says cities. It always and, it always stuck with me. I mean, we did see Skinner's interest in gambling in the lottery episode when he's like yeah. one one eraser. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I, I did in and then like I service one <laughs> and and the uh, the line of the government approving something is no longer immoral. That is a great. That is it's one not of those relevant great right Simpsons. now. It's not. Well, I do think that's one of those great Simpsons line that is. It could work no matter what your politics are because yeah. there are definitely people who are on the opposite end of a political spectrum from me that would say the same thing about government laws that means something is not immoral anymore because it is legal. But it works for us, too. This was like the 17th meta moment in a row. They've had in episodes of just like... Well, everybody knows Marge is no fun, so she's going to say something. The like, show is aware of Marge as the naysayer, as the stick in the mud, as and, we saw in Bart's Inner Child. Like as we're watching episode. it a lot, she hasn't done it that much. No. Yeah. She's, it has, it's happened like two or three times. Well, Marge on the Lamb and Bart's Inner Child were both in opposition of the idea of Marge is no fun. I wonder mm-hmm. if they just had it at their writer's retreat. It's like, like it's itchy Marge and scratchy and Marge and, and maybe monorail? Yeah, that she, but even then she is making a calm note of, mm-hmm. no, we shouldn't do, like, please spend money on the on the mainstream. I, yeah. I do like th- thinking this is a direct reference to just monorail. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even back then, maybe that episode was so famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty popular. And yeah. I, I do like how she goes against type here. She's like, no, I like the idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's and, a good idea. But then it sets up the entire time Homer chooses to believe she was against the casino. And yes. it's so weird. It's such a weird choice. It is, it's another one of those moments of like, if Homer wasn't so stupid, you'd think he's just, he's just like being very mean and gaslighting Marge. Just like... No, I remember correctly. Agree with me. Yeah, it's hard to tell if it's stupid or just him being cruel. You, you know? have to. Yeah, Homer is is literally cruel at the end of this episode. <laughs> in the at the very yeah, end, but kind of shocked me after having not seen this one for a while. Like, wow, Homer went pretty far. But well, you, you ever have a, a friend, a colleague, or a loved one who never makes a mistake, and it's just like, <laughs> wait, did that just really happen? That's true. Did you make a mistake? Uh, did you notice when they celebrate the slush funds mm-hmm. that people throw their hats in the air? There's actually like a very distracting pair of false teeth in that. <laughs> uh, I guess that those are Abe's. Yeah, I uh, guess so. And, and Burns gets to build the casino, and I just want to play this clip real fast because it's a personal detail that still makes me laugh. One of my best friends doesn't like any kind of animation or cartoons. Mm. For some reason, we were watching this episode, and he references this Every time he's doing a general impression of any British person. <laughs> oh, gosh. When the guy does the Britannia not, not casino Not the most pitch. fair uh, to British women, I'll say. 
Edgar, the designers are here with some prototypes for your casino. Gentlemen, I give you Britannia! Gambling with all the glitz and glamour of the British Isles. And best of all, the waitresses and showgirls are all real Brits. Fresh from the street to Sussex, they are. Fresh in your drink, Governor! Get out. <laughs> it's like just a, a monstrous drawing of that woman. She, she yeah. is pale, unattractive, like, and has horrible. She teeth. and she's standing foot, like, like she's in the middle of a like thriller poppet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like they were trying to draw from like from James Bond films of the sixties, mm-hmm. where they want to indicate like, look at this sexy British lady, and now you look at it like oh, she's not that attractive. Like, I wonder if that's what they're. It's drawing just from. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. My only observation is I got the Prisoner on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and it's like. Every one of these women has a giant mustache. Like every single one. They, they didn't not know their mustaches were visible, yeah. Chris. <laughs> well, they didn't know about this HD. Is crazy. I mean, that's the same thing they're pulling from in Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Of just like everybody thought Michael Caine was just handsome back then. They didn't think he had ugly teeth. He or was in three twenty p. Or just you know nobody had seen other attractive people. Thirteen inch like, black and white television. Exactly, and they Mike loved to me. And the the hip the hippie <laughs> acting is so great that just that <laughs> moment like oh, get out. oh man get, like birds can't I take love his one get out. second. I love that he's automatically disdainful to yeah. hippies. Whoa whoa yeah. I'd always remembered that Irishman mm-hmm. scene as in some other Burns recollection, but him just remembering crippling the Irishman to such joy yeah. cutting so to him great. laughing uh, between all these different moments in his day <laughs> what was I laughing at again oh yes a crippled Irishman like, oh, my legs won't keep me the poor that's that's one of like eight million mean they are the meanest to the Irish of any group on the show I'd say and which just struck me because I read this article online that was by the the Irish Times, or or uh, let's just say a newspaper in Ireland mm. that was like celebrating it's it's uh, the Simpsons hit 600 episodes. Let's celebrate all the times they talk about Ireland. Oh, no. And then it was just like <laughs> it was almost oh, the like the, it did. was like the Irish version of the end of Bamboozled of uh. the video of shame of just like uh, look out at you, he's Irish. Homer saying, "Look at me, I'm the prime but minister of Ireland." I'd like to think it <laughs> shows the stupidity of. Racism because it's it's too quaint to think of a time where like I hate those Italians. Oh, you know? th- I mean they make fun of Italians plenty. Yeah, my, and mean, my grandfather's uh, from that era. He gets like legit. He would get legit mad. Well, when I would say in at least our current American society, you can transcend race if you're white. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Once you officially become way, I like become American. If you can give away your culture, I'm just like that's ah, not my culture. In the anymore. Lard of the Dance episode, which is going to come up <laughs> here in a few yes. years. Um, Nelson's about to throw a ball of grease, mm-hmm. and he says, "Here comes a big grease ball." As as Luigi walks, he's like, "I make you kids a pizza." <laughs> oh, I make all this a pizza for you. Uh, so there you go, so Italians, you get it too. The Simpsons will be right back. Thank you guys so much for listening, and if you like listening to stuff, it's a good thing this episode is brought to you by Audible. And before I tell you more about it, know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of all Audible is. What is Audible? They've got over 180,000 different titles to choose from, ranging from audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows, some of my favorite old-timey radio shows, and you can listen to them all on your iPhone, Android, MP3 player, desktop, tablet, doesn't matter, wherever you can plug in headphones. Audible's got all your, your bestsellers, your Game of Thrones, your Harry Potters, the latest biography from whatever comedian is you like, and they have become my go-to place to get audiobooks for an incredibly low cost. 
So once again, that's Audible, people. And you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the service. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. We did it like the day the show came out. Well, Dave uh, didn't volunteer his time for his country. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Brett and I went to work at the food bank with Chuck. can their own damn vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last, yeah, last week we uh, with Grim and Charlie... Yeah. Went to a food bank and uh, packed frozen corn into bags for three hours. <laughs> he did. And then they're like, who do you think all this f- food goes to? Of course, none. I don't fucking answer because I know he's setting me up for a wrong answer. You yeah. guys should have been able to tell in this week's laser time. Uh, but actually, 15% of our food goes to ah. the homeless. I'm like, what? All right, please fill us in on where it goes. The rest goes to people who have too many homes. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough corn to put in uh, all those homes. No, it was it was sort of eye opening. It goes to because I forgot about Meals on Wheels, like oh, the, the yeah. kind of thing, like get food to people who can't leave their homes. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then, do you know anybody in the city who works, pays their rent, pays their bills, and has zero money left for food? That's also who we deliver food to, which made wow. me, which heartened me. Classic uh, freeloader. Wait, can I get exactly, on that? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, but morning, a... I may have sneezed in your corn. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you want one bag of frozen corn. Oh, cool. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. So then Burns just gives up. Uh, uh, Burns just gives up. He's like, he can just make it his casino. It's a great joke. Yeah. And, and he's I, a snappy name, Mr. Burns Casino. <laughs> I lo- And Sex Appeal, which is Burns as a Mermaid, which I, even I have, It's not that. even called Burns Casino. It is called Mr. Mr. Burns, Burns Casino. <laughs> it sounds like a daycare. And I do love gambling, by the way. Like this, like I didn't, I didn't think I would love gambling when I first loved this episode, but now I do. I would say I, you don't. I mean, I... You don't I, do real gambling. Okay. Oh, now, hey, look, I did get into roulette recently. But oh, really? Yes. But if you want me to play a game where I have to, like, keep track of cards or all these rules, I'm like, I don't want to learn these rules. I have to... I want to be told I win or told I don't win. I have to relearn craps every time I go, which is, like, uh, once every two or three years. Yeah. And when you're in Puerto Rico and don't speak the language very well, they just kick you out of the room, which mm-hmm. that's the last time I played. Uh, uh, but I, I... Again, I don't like gambling. I'm terrified of gambling. I So I read a bunch of books when I had to go to a bachelor party in Vegas because that was the most money I'd ever spent in uh, my life yes. just to get there. I didn't want to lose my shit like I was just <laughs> totally afraid of. So I read a bunch of books on poker, did okay, but craps is that type of game. It seems so complicated. There's all this lingo. and It is It is really complicated and you can lose your shit, but I'm such a conservative gambler that mm. like, here's my buy-in. If I double it, I cash out, buy back in, and it's like nothing ever happened. That is smart. And, and yeah. craps is the only way you can really do that because... Someone keeps rolling. It's it, it, it's the only game that's that cliche of like, woo, let it ride, and everybody's everybody's rooting for you because yeah, if you keep doing well, everybody wins. Or if someone else keeps doing well, you win too. It's it's it the is most a nice teamwork the, thing yeah. to me. It's the only thing I'll do in Vegas now. Poker is well, so boring and takes so long, yeah, ugh, I don't but like I can't win at it. And I, blackjack I, just goes so fast of like, oh, I 
Oh, I, ju- I already lost your money. $10. Yeah. Like, I already mm-hmm. lost it. And I feel this episode is somewhat dated. I mean, obviously, it's 23 years old. It's dated. But I feel like now you can just gamble at any time using any device. You don't need yeah. to go to a casino to gamble. Mm-hmm. Not true. Really? Not true. Like, Well, because I, 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 I have, money, I have yeah. money lost into... Uh, Dissolved online poker accounts. I see because they cracked. They 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 were prolif- pro- proliferated. <laughs> the government cracked down. Well, I, I some remember, people found uh, loopholes. They cracked down again, uh, and, and it's kind of actually pretty hard. So now you know? it's falling apart. I just remember being go, going back to my shitty hometown and mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, there are all these now oh, pop up right. internet casinos. Yeah. Basically, yes. like, what the, are those? I don't want to go in them. California deemed poker a game of skill and not a game of chance. Ooh. So you can now gamble mm-hmm. on poker in limited portions of California. If you want to meet a bunch of divorced dads, <laughs> well, I, uh, or, or or like the the most chain smoking Asians you've ever met in oh your boy. entire life. Well, I think there's even a whole, there, there are even whole casinos in, in places like mm-hmm. Vegas that are just like, we, this casino is made primarily for people visiting from Asia, not mm-hmm. like this. It, it's for Asian tourists and you're welcome to come in, but this is for, but I, but I the got dirty into, business. I got into roulette mm-hmm. because somebody last year finally taught me, like I was on, I was on a business trip with a coworker, Jeremy, cool dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he's way cooler than me, and he he worked on the Sharknado films, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yes, he, he's a nice guy. But Quality so work. he even at Comic Con, he was like, "Hey, Casper Van Dien's at this party. I I can introduce you to him." I was like, "Awesome, <laughs> great! I love Casper." Yeah, the only time I've seen him in person, he just he literally yelled Starship Troopers line like, "That is all I want from you." That is exactly what he did to me too. Yeah, and I, I think that's all he does. Yeah. That's all he should do. Yeah, it's all just be that. But kill yeah. them all. When I when I introduced him at, at the start of the interview, I was like, and I'm here with Johnny Rico himself. And he's like, Eddie, soldier, something like that. Captain, um, official Mr. 1997, Casper Van Dien. I love in that movie that they cast bad actors intentionally, that they're just like the worst. An enemy can't engage you if you disable his hand. I'm Mr. Crap. But I'm so far off from my story. My Jeremy best. taught me how to do roulette, and mm-hmm. so that's how I got really into it. But before, other than that... Learn how to play craps. I you'll just lose play. money the slowest. I just I, don't gamble at all. Well, that's how I learned. Dude, you gotta get, you got to gamble for the free drinks. You can save a shitload of money. That's They'll true. keep bringing you free drinks, and you'll lose money the so. slowest if you're playing careful on craps. There's plenty of guides online. I am super into, though, slot machines. They what? are they are video games now. They just are video games. That yeah. You, you, you sit are, down in. Like, you sit down. They're you are, closed ones now. You're playing to They're see. Solo Nickelodeons that are yes. guaranteed to be rigged. Why bother? And you're playing to see the fun bonus game where you feel like you're on a game show, <laughs> especially when they're like based on Batman 66. You just lost us the Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> slot machine. I only or, play uh, the Big Bang Theory slots. Or that, that. I got five Sheldons. I got five Sheldons. <laughs> I had the one. I had the one of like it's the it's a Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, it looks like we had Texas tea. Ooh, three cold case files. You won. Or the saddest ones are when they can get the real people, and it's just it's Dan Aykroyd in your ear saying like. Hey, fellow Ghostbuster, betting more will get you more wins. Yes. A great scientific theory. You should order some more of that vodka. It's really good. Puerto Rico, the enormous Batman 66 station. I love that They're, machine and so much. absolutely got Burt Ward and Adam West to do the voices. I mean, why wouldn't they? Like, that was the first time I imitated Dan Aykroyd, and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> you guys just steamrolled me. My bad. Sorry. I didn't hear it. It's okay. But Homer gets a job. His True. lifelong dream, one of his many lifelong dreams. The return of dreams. the lifelong dream yes. running joke. I love it. I got a job at Burns' Casino. 
As you know, it's been my lifelong dream to become a blackjack dealer. Your lifelong dream was to be a contestant on the gong show, and you did it in 1977, remember? We got more gongs than the breakdancing robot that caught on fire. <laughs> uh, I'm not so, playing the death jingle, but that no. guy just died. Uh, Chuck Barris, Chuck right. Barris. We, were, we were like wiping sweat off our brows mm. when Chuck Barris died, bef- right before we recorded this. Like, mm. oh, we didn't kill him. It's not our fault this time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they show a clip of the gong show. And before mm-hmm. we explain who that is... Uh, what that is, rather, we they, we see three kind of poorly caricatured celebrities. Where I was watching this Paul episode, uh, one of them well, is Paul Williams, okay. uh, almost almost positively. Um, yeah, he, he them, looks like his Planet of the Apes character. Oh, okay, to such a drastic degree. <laughs> he does look like a, a monkey man, but uh, the guy in the middle has to be Chuck Barris, but it's not a great Chuck Barris yeah. caricature. It looks more like, um, oh god, I forget his name. David Brenner. Uh, he looks yes. a lot like David yeah. Brenner. I mean, Chuck Barris, his nose was not that big. <laughs> and the woman on the right could be like three different women, but uh, people are saying it's it's Loretta Swit mm-hmm. uh, or Lindsay Wagner, who uh, with its Hot Lips from MASH and the Bionic Woman. You've so, never mm. seen the gong show. It was I've never seen the, dunk, the gong I, show. I saw a documentary on it. Because one, it's the most fascinating because Chuck Barris is fucking insane. It seems like a better I, American Idol, to be, to be but fair. He, but like a everybody... A funnier one. Every, yeah. it, it, a bunch of... The celebrities who are on are kind of mainstays to that show, and they're fucking hammered all the time. Because it was <laughs> yeah, the 70s, like and they're chain-smoking. Yeah, they're making a ton of innuendos that technically shouldn't be on television. And Chuck Barris is like barely a professional host <laughs> and can barely get a word out. So it's like the whole show is insane. It's a talent show. That you just strike a giant gong and people come out to intentionally be bad, uh, which is the best part of American Idol, I think. I would never waste my time in watching that show. It is also the only game show that I know of with a feature film that is a so, fictional I mean, narrative. Oh, right, well, yeah. yeah the, no. The, what? There's the gong show of the movie starring oh, Chuck Barris as oh the host God, of the gong show. Know. It is the most insane Meta film that because that's how oh fucking God. I embedded Chuck existed. Barris was. Yeah, yeah look I up the Gong Show movie it's on the insane. AV Club. I totally forgot it existed, but yeah, it's it, totally it's crazy. insane. Yeah, but there's a movie about is there a movie about Chuck Barris as yes. well? Yes, Confessions of a Dangerous okay. Mind, directed what, by George Clooney. And what is that exactly? Uh, it's a he, Chuck, I think Chuck, Chuck Barris. Barris uh, he said that he had been secretly a spy, or he was working. For FBI or CIA while doing the gong show. And, and not just a spy, be- like, uh, like could you maybe invite this guy over to dinner when you're done with the gong show, but, like, going over to Russia and infiltrating yes. a fucking and then consulate. Of, but people are just like, nah, no, not really. Like, but <laughs> but he it, wrote a book. It's based on his book. Yes, and and Sam Rockwell's always yes. awesome, and he did the Sam Rockwell dance, mm-hmm. which he's so mm-hmm. good at. And it's, It was one of those first, not the first George Clooney film, but... One of his earliest, I think, is a director. I just if it's you have no, it, the good German, I think the movie's yeah, all on YouTube. But it's movie. like I think if Pat Sajak wrote a movie about <laughs> himself being the host of Wheel of Fortune, mm. but it's really weird and dire yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and and not as uh, crazy on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but the Gong Show also wasn't exactly. It was more like America's Got Talent or whatever, because it's any talent show, right? Or it's any talent. It's not just singing, yep. like Homer. Do Homer yourself, and Barney go look. Are go look at it. It's it's beautiful. Chuck Barris losing his mind like it's time for Gene Gene the Dancing Machine <laughs> which is referenced sometime later on The Simpsons as well oh. uh, I'm also shocked that they could do a gong show cutaway without a reference to the unknown comic the only yeah. <laughs> the only real thing I knew about the gong show the guy show. who did stand up with a bag over his head oh, yeah, yes. he will show up later but Gene Gene the Dancing Machine was just this thing that every, like they would gong the shit out of intentionally bad acts but Gene mm. couldn't dance and whenever <laughs> he came on Chuck lost his shit the audience would lose their shit and it's just this <laughs> Like fat grip from backstage who just oh, dances around. Awesome. It's fucking wow. hilarious. 
So speaking of George Clooney, not God, really. Why we talk that long about the Gong Show? Speaking of George Clooney, what about Jerry Cooney? Mm, uh, yes. Unrelated. They spell and pronounce their names differently. He's a very interesting case. I looked up a lot about this because I, I am really into boxing, but just boxing history and also boxing is just kind of boring after 1997. I'd say, but it's there's less fatalities. That's for sure. Well, it's also oh, that not, all not the, the, the things that happen outside the ring. A, a whole generation oh, of the best fighters, most of them just got into MMA as opposed to boxing. You're right, yeah. Because boxing stopped being as big of a sport, especially because heavyweight boxing wasn't as exciting of a prize fight anymore. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Cooney was a very accomplished boxer, but he was also used as a tool in race-baiting mm. uh, advertisements. Like... If you've seen the film The Great White Hype, uh, love that it. is it's a it's a great film. It is a parody of the Jerry Cooney nineteen eighty two fight against Larry Holmes, who was a champion, which was promoted by Don King, and shamelessly was done as like uh, this is a white man versus a black man. Can a white man beat him and take back the the championship from him? Like it was so race baiting for both sides of just like from Don King as well. Don, no, and it's all Don King. Like he, Don King's a piece of crap. Like that guy's terrible. He did murder someone, but we, two people that we know of. Two people. <laughs> but so that Jerry Cooney, he wasn't into that stuff though. Mm-hmm. He had been he repudiated it afterwards. But that he was just, he was a heavy striker for a long time in his career. And that the joke of him being knocked out by one punch from Otto, <laughs> which that shows you that he's a cool guy. Unless the Simpsons just tricked him and said that wasn't going to yeah. be the joke. He has basically one line in this episode. If that wasn't, if he didn't know that was the joke, then they were being dicks. But if he agreed to that, a boxer saying like, oh yeah, you can have you can have one skinny guy just beat me with one punch. That's funny. It's funny. Just, uh, like Other boxers would have a little too much pride to allow that. But, I mean, is that a reference to, uh, I, I wrote down, he was knocked out in two rounds by yes. George Foreman, which so, seems like uh, not a whole lot of boxing action to be knocked out. His final match was the 1990 match against George Foreman with a very quick KO and a very interesting, like it's, it's a very replayed KO because it's just like, ouch, oof. Mm. But the this George- one's for invent help. Well, it's a good... So, George Foreman was a late champion that he... It's really weird. He was a big-time champion in the 70s, mm-hmm. then found Jesus, and Jesus told him he couldn't be a boxer anymore, so he, he just stopped boxing at the height of his career. It's that Don King movie where you're like, Muhammad Ali publicly mocked him and kicked the shit out of him, mm-hmm. and he kind of went away for a few years. Yeah. And he had this weird latter-day period of like, you're almost 50, how mm-hmm. are you still doing this? Well, the secret in boxing was said then that you lose your power last. You lose speed first and power second. Mm. So he was still as he was still one of the strongest punches in the that world. Dad strength. So he won the championship back, and he had just Cooney was not a bad person to match him up against because mm. he was also a big bruiser. So you just we're gonna supposedly have these two guys whopping each other, and instead he just gets like smashed in one punch. <laughs> it's, it's the first instance of that stereotype. I don't know where it comes from because I've never seen it in person of the specific boxer. As the Walmart greeter at a casino. Yes, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's a real thing, but it happens in oh yeah, film it, and television all the time. It is a thing at some Las Vegas casinos yeah, to be I, like, it's a bit famous greeter I mean, this here. joke doesn't work unless you understand that. Yes. And, yeah, like, Las Vegas is connected with boxing in a big way. Yeah. Or at least oh, yes. it used to be. I'm oh, not no, sure it, it still is. is. It yeah. still I mean, is. Mm-hmm. 
fucking Balrog in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I know him as M. Bison because I'm a true weeb, but his stage is is Vegas. Yes, his stage is, is Vegas. Mm. Yeah, no, Vegas is still home to mm. big-time boxing. When the biggest boxing matches happen, they happen when in Vegas. Absolutely have to gamble on it in the room. I'm channeling <laughs> Sam Jackson from Great White. But there, oh. but there are no more major boxing. Boxing matches to even have now. Pretty much Floyd Mayweather's the only like big name still left. Mm. And even he isn't he's technically retired, but he might be coming out of retirement to face Connor McGregor, who is the top dude in UFC. But it's not it'll be a boxing match, not an MMA match. So guess what? Even a guy who's a very good striker in MMA rules is going to lose to the best boxer of his generation. So it's just an easy payday for both of them. So, too much sports. I'm falling asleep. We do see that Homer is a bad, uh, <laughs> bad blackjack dealer. I don't know we how do. he keeps this job. I don't know if he's still working at the I plant. I love it. And this I, is great. allegedly the first appearance of oh, it is. this person. Oh, it you're is. right. Homer, I want you to have my lucky hat. <laughs> I wore it the day Kennedy was shot, and it always brings me good luck. <laughs> Why, thanks, Senator. It's referred to uh, as Senator, but that is the rich yeah. Texan, which his, is... His colors are a bit off. Yeah. Uh, they would be different later, but, but it's it really him. The whole blackjack table is shrouded with people you recognize, including, I'm noticing for the first time, that's Troy McClure. Oh, yeah. He's just oh, yeah. standing yeah, yeah. there and so doesn't say anything. I think it's all just supposed to be the high rollers went to uh, Homer's table mm. to get the most uh-huh. to get the most money. People who need it the least. And so yeah, so mm. they're they're there to make the biggest bets and mm. win the most money off Homer being terrible. Homer, the point in blackjack is to get to twenty one and then he goes to like twenty seven thirty five dealer bus. Like he goes over twice <laughs> with two cards. And this is this is a really and, he, and he's happy when the other people win. Yeah, everybody he, wins. And jumping yeah. ahead, this is a really weird joke. Yeah, oh, very oh, very. Wait, dated. Uh, before we leave, Rich Texan. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the reason they made him a senator is because it makes it a better JFK joke. Yeah. It's like, that a senator, it almost implies like. Were you involved? Like, <laughs> you are a Texan who celebrated his death. Like, yeah. did are you part of this JFK? JFK conspiracies were very hot in 93. Uh, but this seems so dated to me now. It really does. 21? Do that card counting thing again. Come on, do it again. Definitely have to leave the table. No! Please, 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 please! Gotta watch Wapner. Leave the table. Yeah, leave the table. No! That's that's not the most uh, progressive joke. Homer leaning into a severe autistic impression. Yeah, I... and talking to Dan. Which, by the way, uh, the basis for uh, Raymond Rainman is dead as well. Oh, that's um, too bad. He has a great documentary on fuck. I forget what it's called, but it's all about the guy Dustin Hoffman based Rainman off of for the movie Rainman, which I hate unnecessarily because mm-hmm. it's the 1988 film. That beat Who Framed Roger Rabbit in everything, Those yeah. which is now the best movie of all time. Well, we like all know Roger, that. That's undisputable. Even and if Rain Man didn't exist, there would have been another prestige film for the Oscars. Rain Man made more money. To, oh, I it see. It made more money. I thought ev- you were just talking about an award. It won everything, nah. like over, over well, it was Roger a very Rabbit. touching movie about... Well, it's uh, a neat movie, yeah. I mean, but it is about an autistic man that Tom Cruise shepherds... If you, I can't imagine you won't recognize Tom Cruise, yeah. uh, Tom Cruise caricature at the table, but uh, that's it's a quite extreme. Character. Doesn't look like Dustin Hoffman, and that was an impression everybody did. Yeah, which you can, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess how far we've come. Strangely enough, Animaniacs, there would be an <laughs> entire character, character based on. Yeah. 
that impression, and that meant that character could only be like, definitely do this, definitely, God, definitely oh, yeah. do this. Well, but they also got to sneak in mice and men jokes on him. Too. Oh, you're right. Like, it was, it was, he's all kinds those. of intellectually disabled people. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so much fun here, kids. Well, These people so are funny. There, <laughs> I said it before, and I say it again. Parodies of films like that are how they get away with mocking That's disabilities. That's true. Like, which way or, did he go, George? Which yeah, way did he go? Like, Die. <laughs> Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's very yeah. hard to have a moose style character yeah. that says "duh" before every yeah. line. Well, when I think of Rain Man, now I think of the never go full R. If a scene oh. from uh, from Tropic Thunder of just explaining it, like why Rain Man worked and why everybody loved him is because. Some people can be like they don't feel pity for him. They're like, yeah, he has a magic power. He can count cards. He's magic. But he's like, also he's a like superpower. It's it's back when there was one type of autism, huh. yes. and it was severe. That we and, knew about it, and, 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 and it was very closed off. So Dustin Hoffman is mostly quiet mm-hmm. in the film, kind of mumbling to himself. And he said, "All that Wapner, I got to watch Wapner. He was obsessed with People's Court in the movie." Again, I'm trying to help out people who are 10 years younger. Yes. You're not going to know who Judge Wapner is. Yeah. He's and I think he too. just recently died, uh, actually. He just died, yeah. Everybody <laughs> but Henry Kissinger. Rain? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, when I see this Rain Man scene now, I pro- I think I did laugh when I first watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. But now seeing it, it it just makes me go, like, I wish they'd had kept that James Bond scene. Like, the James Bond scene. Mr. Bond. Yeah. I Maybe it was just... I mean, the thesis of the joke is that Homer's as stupid as an autistic person. Yeah, yeah. so that he and, will also smack his yeah. head like that. And then it's, very, it's also kind of a mean joke. It's very mm-hmm. strange. And I'm telling you, I'm the kind of guy who relishes shit that's not appropriate. Yes. But it just... It, it goes just on weird. a bit too long, I think. It, very long. Yeah. I've had to cut the clip in half. Uh, I noticed, yeah. Uh, but it's just, uh, like, you forget how long The Simpsons have been around. Yeah. This is something that would have been totally inappropriate like i don't know if family guy would have done this joke now they would they yeah. still would like, <laughs> i mean they'd even is this do it mean yes is it funny no let's do it why well, just say they do it because uh, like oh is this a reference we'll do it it's oh, yeah it's like we, now peter's autistic i'm sure I that's mean, like five that, episodes. That, uh, there's an episode called p tarted oh that you're right is that episode very so. good very good uh but let's move backwards a little bit to sure another right thing that was um unfortunately predictive of yes. Gunter and Ernst. <laughs> I mean, we all saw it coming, right? I yes, mean, this is just like the Crocodile did. Hunter, uh, no yeah. offense, but you're in yes. this position with these dangerous animals, something's going to happen. I repeated Norm MacDonald's joke and no one laughed on another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, 40 years old, that died too soon. That seems like a ripe old age for a Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> uh, and they're, yeah. they're a fairly recent act. I thought they dated back to like the 70s or 80s. They, they came about in 1990, which is why every early Mystery Science Theater has that line like, Where is Siegfried? Hello, Roy! Hello, Siegfried! Hello, <laughs> the Roy! The best was Conan O'Brien invented a Siegfried and Roy wipe, which when he wanted to transition a scene, Siegfried and Roy came together in the center Dick to butt, rubbed together, is said, <laughs> Siegfried Roy, Siegfried Roy, and they so, transition scenes. I mean, were they gay with each other or yes. just two gay men? Yes. I, I yeah. didn't know. I, so they. Is there they, a white tiger involved? A gay man? Not anymore. A gay man can't be too far behind. So Siegfried and Roy, well, let's hear this clip first. I'll give them a. It's, it's my favorite clip. Hey, tiger, wake up! It's nothing is more funny than me to me than Siegfried and Roy going on their own safari to shoot their own life. Yes, yeah, so they're them. doing it themselves. Well, that's Gunter and Ernst. Gunter and Ernst. But they one is a blonde, one is a brunette, just like Siegfried and Roy, who for years, for years and years, had their own uh, magic show in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They were two German performers. They had the first magicians. CGI show based off of their tigers. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. The but, timing is very unfortunate. So on that. Siegfried and Roy, they. They were a couple. They mm. were both magicians. Okay. And they were a couple when they started out. They actually, and I 
don't know the timeline exactly on it, but in their biography, they they finally came out of the closet when everybody. You know, yeah, I was shocked. But but that they were in separate relationships eventually, mm. but that they are. That they that the, there's a lot of cheap gay jokes there, but it's including this episode mm-hmm. of just like that was really we're having weird. a party tonight. Yeah, trying yeah, to seduce a hayseed. <laughs> yes, but no, the hayseed. Not it wasn't Barney's, but oh, so, the hayseed, right? Sorry. So the so a tiger attacking them. Anybody could have predicted it would eventually happen because they used live animals in many of their it's still performances. fucked up how it happened though. So they are doing a live performance, mm-hmm. and one of their white tigers, Montecore, <laughs> attacked Roy. No, Monty. And cut him up and went <laughs> straight for the jugular, nearly killed him. And this is a this is one great thing about Roy. Mm-hmm. What with what he could have thought were his dying breaths, he said, "Don't do anything to Montecore. Yeah. Do not." He did not blame Montecore even a little bit. Yeah, well, I did see that, and I was touched because it always bums me out. This may, may sound weird, but it's like if if a cougar like eats a jogger's leg, they have to kill it. It's like that animal is just doing its job. Yeah, like, yeah. It's an animal. It wants to the hunt things or that like are running when an away. Or like attack someone at a zoo. It's like, well, you put him in a zoo. Yes, there's another like, HBO documentary of another polyamorous triumvirate of people who are also a tiger act and they talk uh, about white tigers and the reality is where do you get white tigers well they're intentionally inbred uh, so they to make them white to make to, to make them uh, to get that recessive right, right, there. right and like it and and so a lot of them have brain problems but but i have heard conflicting stories on that that, that like the tiger didn't attack him mm. that roy tripped oh. and the tiger went to because they've been pretty great with animal rights stuff as yeah. far as i know yeah. uh that in the tiger went to grab him like he would a cub uh, which was just happened to be uh, at the base of the neck it's like oh with you a, don't have a scruff you're a german yeah, man and you have a nine inch incisor <laughs> on so, both sides of your jaws he nearly died he was pierced that, through the fucking neck that that was their what that was their last official performance that they had to shut down the show in 2009, they came together one more time mm-hmm. to do what would they would be their true final performance. They said, we won't let that be our last performance. Mm. And with Montecore, they did really? one he final was performance. He didn't get killed? No, he, he, lived, nice. he lived to die a natural death uh, at 17 a few Aww, years later. I didn't know they lived that long. By and, the way, a natural death for a white tiger is a plane But crash. what about Father <laughs> of the Pride? So Father of the Pride. <laughs> the injury could not have come at a worse time. Oh, tell me about it, man. Father of the Pride is one of the stupidest things ever made and would have failed no matter what. What a waste of money. It was because Jeffrey Katzenberg was at a fucking Siegfried and Roy show and just like <laughs> hey then with what happens with the lives of their animals how Michael Eisner made the gummy bears these uh, are pretty good <laughs> and it was the most ex- for a time spend 80 million on, an, on a series now so yeah the DreamWorks people with almost the level of budget they make the Shrek films mm-hmm. they make a Shrek looking so ugly mm-hmm. CGI film a uh, TV series about their animals and it was like that, that are licensed long. from Siegfried and Roy's animals yes, officially two yeah. and a half million dollars an episode Oof. Oof. Yeah. and the production was like halted and almost canceled and honestly it was almost canceled because of Roy's injury and they almost should like somebody there should have been like Look, let's just say we got to cancel because of Roy and because this just sucks. Like, let's it's, just get out of this. It's now. weird that and like the UPN game over to Ugh. bring bring oh. you guys back to animation. Like, there is not a primetime network CG show <laughs> that has not worked. We yet. are doing retronauts on that, by the way. Are you? Yes, I mean, uh, we over, in this yes. room are going to be doing that. Okay, I want to because uh, it's so awesome. bad. 
Well, yeah, it, it was just this feeling of we can do a CGI TV show. I mean, nobody it, gets how expensive they are. It's yeah. on cartoon, but it's on. They have them on Cartoon Network. I mean, Nickelodeon. Had, uh, John Goodman in it, Cheryl Hines, mm-hmm. uh, Carl Reiner, and apparently they made 15 episodes. Two yeah. were unaired, and one was unfinished. So yeah. who needs a finale? This is a disaster. Who, no, I mean they probably. Yeah, it, it was a failure from the moment, but also like, how could you watch the show yeah. about the animals that hang out with Siegfried <laughs> and Roy without thinking of like? One of you almost killed yes. him. Like it's. I just, don't want to hear it, about your marital problems. It's just a pall that hangs over the whole thing. And yeah, they also tried to make it more adult, even though like this is for children. Yeah. Like I watched one episode and it was about like it was lions talking about having sex and marital issues yeah. and just like you're. This is not good. Don't do well, this. Well, and graining. Definitely on the commentary, it's an uncomfortable moment when they're watching. Cause Don't blame they, me. I voted for George W. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're recording the commentary in 2005, oh. so Roy's near death is Still fresh. was recent. And so they're all just kind of uncomfortable when the tiger attack scene happens. And then Grading tells a story that, like, Siegfried or Roy came up to him and said we that they wanted uh, they were at some party and they said they wanted Father of Pride to be as good as The Simpsons oh. or he was that's, which, that's a high bar to clear guys I want, yes. I want my podcast to be as good as The Simpsons I don't <laughs> exactly. know if that, so back back to the show uh, Bart is unhappy with the quality of the martinis at Mr. Burns <laughs> Casino so he opens his own wait a minute are you over 21 are you I'm not authorized to answer that <laughs> by the way your martinis suck Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? Start your own casino in your treehouse and get all your little friends to come? I'd like to see that! Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome. Have a lucky day. Mm-hmm. Well, he certainly showed me. <laughs> I wish I could be as calm and dignified in defeat as the, the pimply Face team. I think I've always wanted to do that to a human being. He certainly <laughs> showed me. Well, Chris Antista sure showed me. You actually make them come to where you're going to show them. And say, well, yeah, it's funny that he just he showed up there. Just like, come yeah. to our Patreon. Yeah. It's a great joke for people like me who are spurred on creatively by spite. And oh, feeling same here. Like people, like it's you're doing everything to show somebody else. So then when the idea of like you actually just take them to show them like, well, he sure showed me. It's even funnier because that is a squeaky voice team. Like yeah. that could be any character, but him having that expression, Bart winning the money illegally at the casino from a slot machine. The same thing happened to me actually. Though oh, really? I was I was seventeen at the time, but we were in Reno, Nevada, and so I just did this thing of like. I have quarters in my pocket. This is back... Babylon Kids, 5 t-shirt. <laughs> I never watched Babylon 5. It was probably Spider-Man or, or MST3K. Let's say go. it was my beloved... Bite Me. Bite Me t-shirt. Oh, sure. Not... Uh, what's the one? Like Fat Hey Baby guys or can't, whatever? Fat guys can't wear the Tom Servo I'm Huge one. Okay. Just, you can't do it. This was back when the machines actually still took quarters. They don't do that anymore in regular casinos. It's all tokens, tokens. now, right? Uh, or you just put in a dollar bill and then you get out or you get and it feeds out like a ticket of like put this ticket in your next machine. Dude, this get is away $70. from those things. They're, they're literally programmed to take money from you. So I'm walking from machine to machine just like playing a few quarters and then like I'll just walk away. Nobody will notice. And then it was that nightmare. It was a nightmare scenario of like. I could win so much, mm-hmm. but then if I win too much, I won't get to keep it because I'll be caught. <laughs> so I play this Elvis machine. Hi, Hank. And I win $200 on Whoa! it to Holy the point man. where it's... But I only get 180 before it runs out of quarters. And like the the light goes on. It's like, hey, somebody come over. Here. Sir, someone help this child <laughs> with this winning. And so this woman comes over and she's just like, ah, so you won something. Cool. Well, guy's coming over soon. He's going to put more money in here. I was like... 
ah, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired. <sighs> well, I also didn't have one of those buckets like Marge has for all my quarters. So, uh, of course, I was wearing khaki shorts with big pockets uh-huh. in them. And they were finally useful for something. I'm just stuffing quarters into them. Just like, well, I'll, I'll just see you later. And I got away with it. They didn't you catch me. You overloaded your cards. I yeah. always want to say that I was terrified of gambling from the beginning. And the first moment I set foot in a casino in Las Vegas, an old woman is being walked out of the casino and crying, and her husband's rubbing her back like, it'll be okay, honey. It'll be okay. I'm like, great! I'm so glad we have these places. I I only go there for uh, industry events. I'm in the gaming industry, and uh, not the the gambling industry, but the video game industry. I need to write a guide how how to exploit them for free drinks. Jeez. Seriously. I I really need to know, but whenever I go, it's just like... I see people literally hours away from death, and I think this is how you're spending the last moments we, of your life. We have in adopted no inheritance. I have windowless hellhole. I have two friends, one of one of whom I won't say, but the listeners know who we refer to by a term coined in this episode. Oh. A slot jockey? No. Oh, uh, the demon. Oh, uh, we got, but apparently oh, but, we got a ways to go. So Homer, um, uh, the the thing where homer misremembers mm-hmm. marge saying it so great that was so great. that was extra funny to me but really? also frustrating because we were we did something that we weren't home when the episode started so we had set it to record mm-hmm. and we get in halfway through and then when homer says no i remember what happened at that meeting i just remember <laughs> driving me crazy like i don't get this joke because i don't well, know what happened marge's hair wasn't green and homer wasn't muscular i know but it just made me <laughs> mad to have none of that content content you know that event the, the moment the episode ended i was like okay stop rewind i'm watching the whole episode now uh-huh. i have to see this is this is poised to be our longest episode ever I think but it's we're done with that. the history it, lessons yeah. except for burns for some reason deciding to go full howard hughes oh, yeah. in the middle of this episode sir you haven't slept since the casino opened five days ago oh, i've discovered the perfect business people swarm in empty their pockets and scuttle off nothing can stop me now Except microscopic germs. <laughs> but we won't let that happen, will we, Smithers? Uh, no, sir. Another great Oakley and Weinstein touch. Another yeah. old-timey piece of uh, Hollywood history. The the crazy downfall of Howard Hughes, mm-hmm. who was suffering from, uh, I would probably say OCD. It's OCD. Uh, before OCD, anyone yeah, knew what it was. OCD, I... <sighs> How did I find I out? I think about he had this? other problems too. It was it was watching from Russia with love. I'm like, who's this actor in this movie, this second James Bond film? I'm like, oh, this is an actor who died from cancer from Howard Hughes' Genghis Khan yep. movie, as oh, did John the Wayne, Conqueror. the Conqueror. So, John, technically, Howard Hughes is responsible through like his what would you call it? Not, not tyrannical, but like really insane wishes like to yeah. film on an irradiated I nuclear mean, site and then yeah. and then to truck that sand back to LA for, for authenticity's sake for matching irradiated shots sand. Like, yeah. well, this dirt to... is not it's not the same dirt it's fucking dirt yeah. and, he, and he, yeah. he, he brought poison dirt in and killed every single one of his stars yep. uh, and killed yeah. his director and after that he didn't this is part of the OCD well, he thing. He barely made any movies before that. Like he was, he was a filmmaker, but it took him forever to make films because he was such a perfectionist. But they, they don't even touch on it in the Aviator. But that's what I remember reading. Like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't so much. I'm sure OCD played a part. It was more that like I don't want to show my face in public anymore because mm-hmm. I very publicly killed a lot of. Well, people. I can tell you, I read an entire book mm-hmm. about the the downfall of Hughes, mm-hmm. his mental wow. issues. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Citizen Hughes, written by Michael Drosnan. I really recommend it. I mean, mm-hmm. this this author would eventually write the Bible Code books, but don't yeah. hold that against him yeah. because Citizen <laughs> Hughes is really great, and it just talks about the the steady uh, you know decline in his mental faculties, mm-hmm. and it's like. 
he was obsessed with cleanliness. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with uh, germs and you know microbes and things. But he was living a disgusting, filthy life. He didn't mm-hmm. bathe. He just slept on top of paper towels on his bed, pissed in jars. Mm-hmm. Like he was a filthy, decrepit man. But he was still, strangely enough, obsessed with cleanliness and germs. Yeah. There's some Kurt Vonnegut rant about how like germophobia is a form of like unrestrained narcissism. <laughs> Maybe you, it's like you, how dare this small well, the thing get on my body? Are, like, the only germs, germs are everybody germs. but you. Yeah, yes. and and like the reality is, hey. Look at me. I'm filthy. I'm Chris Antista. <laughs> I can't get sick because I'm touching all y'all. Well, the you know, the film The Aviator is an underrated Scorsese movie. I really yeah, like rated. it. I like it a lot. Is it 30 minutes too long? Yes. But is it 45 minutes too long? Yes. Uh-huh. But it it ends the film at the best, like at the happiest ending Howard Hughes is going to get. And mm. you have to just go like, just the other 40 years of his, 30 years of his life didn't happen. But that he... There's this great scene where he is he has to recover to go before Congress. Mm-hmm. He has to get presentable enough to go before Congress and his uh girlfriend at the time is just like you got to come in here and I got to shave you. And he's like there's there's germs everywhere. And she's like yes, but we try. And he's like <laughs> okay, like he I like that that movie has a moment where he crashes his plane on a golf course and like you've gone insane Howard. Hasn't Harrison Ford? He's on like a, a mat, like a hat he's, trick. Yeah, of yeah. Like, like crashing a plane. Such people can't somewhere. stop crashing their planes. Really, it's a, it's a you problem. You just can't take away their planes. Yeah. They're like, hey, like, they are in this plane. They're gonna have it. I've conquered the land. I will conquer the sky. But <laughs> so yeah, Burns' thing is is extra extreme. He goes through about three different he does moments of Howard Hughesian. Kleenex boxes. Kleenex and... boxes. He references jars of urine and of course the, the spruce, spruce moose. Smithies, I've designed a new plane. I call it the spruce moose, and it will carry two hundred passengers from New York's Idlewild Airport to the Belgian Congo in 17 minutes. That's quite a nice model, sir. Model? (laughs) This is after the spruce caboose, of course. Uh, No, the spruce spruce goose. Well, Well, the the spruce spruce caboose was a restaurant that they went to. Uh, The decapitated uh, conductor. Was it a plane made out of wood? Yes, it was Hercules, not the spruce goose, as was pointed out in The Aviator that it it must be killing Howard Hughes' ghost that everyone still calls it the spruce goose now because in the film when people like, oh, you build your dumb plane, the spruce goose, it'll never fly. It's like, it's a Hercules, it will fly. It seems like a pejorative term that the media would come up with to describe it. There was even a Tailspin episode about the (laughs) spruce goose. Yes, and... Oh, you better believe it, kid. It did happen both in real life and in the film that he did fly the spruce goose once. Mm -hmm. Barely. But it was in the air, and then it went, it went back down. But then after they did that, like, it can never fly again. <laughs> it is too heavy. But uh, but that's why they have to end the aviator there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, see, it flew once. The Hercules, it did it. Like He was right. Yeah. Now, to the plant. We'll take the spruce moose. Hop in. But, sir. I said hop in. I fucking love that moment. <laughs> and I got to play my, like, just... Barney having his only heroic moment ever. Yeah. Right yeah. after Siegfried and Roy are luring a hayseed in to fuck him. <laughs> hey, maybe that guy will enjoy it. Maggie, he could have been into it. Ma- Maggie is almost eaten by one of their white tigers. By um, a pony, I thought. It's so weird that Barney is the one to save her. Oh, March, you gotta watch out. That little boy Bart could have been eaten by that pony. <gasps> oh my God, Barney, thank you. I would never have forgiven myself. Now you stay put, young lady. <laughs> Oh, man, that's classic compulsive behavior. Uh-huh. Wow, free beer! <laughs> Buddy, those are my quarters. Uh, hey, this guy's paying <laughs> off. Hey, uh, 
So along with his iconic belge, I think through this podcast we've discovered Barney's catchphrase is wow. Wow, wow. something. Wow. Yeah. And I, wow. I don't know why. I, I just read it recently while doing research that that is Dan Castellaneta's burp. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I guess and they captured it once in like 1991 and they used it forever. He went out of his way to get the perfect one. It is the, like, the perfect burp. And I was, because, you know, I have a lot of, I do a lot of podcasts, I have a lot of stock sounds. And I was like, eventually I'll probably stumble upon the Barney burp and just realizing, no, that was Dan. That was Dan. <laughs> yeah. Did. He also did the Eudora Welty burp, burp as well. No, that yeah. was Maurice LaMarche. Oh, you're who right. Who can do the super extended burping, which is not really burping. Uh, I don't know what he does, but he, that is yeah. like the one talent he has like, that no one else can do. Uh, all right. You got Sorry, me this I time, you. One thing, though. This is an Oakley and Weinstein episode. They love season three. In mm-hmm. season three, Homer Alone, yeah. uh, Barney thinks Maggie is Bart. Yeah, it is so a little Bart. Yeah, so they carried that over to this episode. That's so true. good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great callback. But I, I think... Now I, we have omelets. <laughs> I think Barney saving her is just because the person who saves her has to be the person who has the joke following yeah. that. So it's Barney's joke yeah. after that. So but he's got It's to like Barney her. has no glorious moments uh, until Dan wrote him one. Um, yeah. And then they, when they cut back to Bart's casino, there's some cute jokes there. But Millhouse getting mauled it's by the cat so is the same. Funny. It's so funny, but it's the same joke, or it's it I, I mirrors think it's intentionally. I mean, stuff, it's yeah. that happening on a small, like on a kid scale, yeah, like a, a Rugrat style, I, like a kids I, doing it all the things. Cat joke. goes in. I think yeah. I remembered it differently because I remember like parts of his flesh and clothes flying, <laughs> flying off. But it's you said the scene of uh, Dolph Jimbo. Was, uh, Jimbo punching Bart. It was like that, but with cats in Millhouse. Ah, uh, yes. Like, yeah, he's yeah. on the ground, and this cat is fucking beating the, him in the face. The two cats are tearing him apart. <laughs> but it's just that shot of that one. He's, like, oh, yes, not yeah. stopping. <laughs> it's To me, it's one of the funniest moments that I can't convey to you in clips. Yeah. This one I can, and I'm sad that I have the reference for it. I don't want to hit a sore spot, but can we talk about herpes? Herpes, herpes, so, herpes, banana, fana, full herpes, herpes. Oh! Hey, that's bad on Gorbachev's head. Herpes, trust me. Anybody here have herpes? Huh? Huh? You people are the worst audience I've ever seen. Well, you're the worst comedian we've ever seen. Oh, great. Well, we'll just sit here silently for the next 90 minutes. Fine with us. Uh, That's based on allegedly Bill Cosby's album. Really? For adults only. Okay. Uh, He recorded one album in Vegas after midnight with the promise of dirty... Dirty humor, and I, I listened to more than I was comfortable with. You really don't uh, want a dirty Cosby. Trying to find some, trying. Well, I was trying to find something. Somebody's like, "Filthy, where are you from, Philadelphia?" You mean Philadelphia? And it's, it's him talking about like, "Oh, there's a mirror above my bed. Why I gonna break my neck if I try and look at it?" And then you can literally hear him like, Aww, and like the audience goes insane. So, but but it was Dan Cook style flailing. It was a it was an album <laughs> that flaunted. This is Bill Cosby not doing clean humor. Right, but yeah. I couldn't find anything you would consider dirty is in that, even like a 1996. It's like PG 12. The only he just he mentions sex. The only time I've heard him say a dirty word in something, I think it was in himself where he mm-hmm. says about cocaine, like mm-hmm. cocaine. In, like increases whoever you are is like but what if you're an asshole was a joke and uh, but now it just feels weird to even think about cars. and um and barney's former yoko owner girlfriend is in the audience that was very weird yeah but yeah, I, I, I didn't know that because i when i was heard that clip it reminded me of michael richards ah the, the guy the, the the comic actor who doesn't 
perform stand-up comedy yes. trying to do it and failing miserably the, the secret of of michael richards was he's not a comedian but yeah. he wanted to make a money as a comedian so it's like I'm he a thought comedian and i I, it's I, easy. I don't want last time i said this someone like don't defend michael richards i'm like i'm not trying to i just think he he walked into the comedy store it was a comedy and story, just yeah. saw people cursing and saying naughty words and like, oh, I guess this is what I do. Then. <laughs> and I don't have, I don't, I, I don't understand context. And well, we have the, we have a whole episode about uh, that I, I did or oh. I hosted of Laser Time mm-hmm. of uh, about celebrities recovering from. Uh, oh, how to problem. survive a scandal? How to survive a that's scandal? A that's an episode one, yeah. of Laser Time. That that are comedians destroying hecklers. That's one yeah, of my favorites. That's a good one too. But mm-hmm. but in that one, there's even a clip of Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, saying like. I actually just felt bad for Kramer. Like, um, like, he said, "I'm tw- I'm I'm 20 percent black, 80 percent comedian." <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Don't let him get you down, Kramer. <laughs> so Marge uh, might have a problem. Yes, yeah. Marge has a gambling problem. Okay, Marge, let's go. I'll catch up to you. Marge, I'm taking the car. I'll walk. This late through the bad neighborhood? Yeah. Marge, go home. You're bad luck. Wait. I see what's happening here. <laughs> You're just mad because everyone in this town loves gambling except for you. Well, that's just sad. Homer's pretty stupid. Not really. Yeah. This is one of Marge's few vices that would come yeah. up later in the show, yeah. I think. I like yeah. that they stuck with it. Yeah. I do like that. And uh, then meanwhile, when they're having to deal with life without Marge, mm. I, as a bachelor, I've definitely had... I haven't had a, a meal as disgusting as Homer's. But I have occasionally <laughs> had, like... Well, what do I make for dinner if I don't order pizza? Uh-huh. Well, I have these three things in my fridge. All right. Tom Collins like, mix, pie crust, and cloves. That time when my Homer moments had happened recently, like, I apparently, I don't know how to cook a microwave burrito with instructions. <laughs> it didn't work. I messed it up. Where are you? I wouldn't blame the microwave in that case. <laughs> but then Homer... It's weird that Homer found something even he wouldn't eat. It's so like, gross, he eats, though. He just he was happy kissing toxic waste. <laughs> I used to be pizza. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair. Hot down, sister. I gotta book a new act for tonight. Turns out that Liza Minnelli impersonator was really Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> There's nothing to eat for breakfast. You gotta improvise, Lisa. Cloves, Tom Collins mix, frozen pie crust. Maybe Mom just doesn't realize we miss her. We could go down to the casino and let her know. Ah, oh, come on, Lisa. There's no reason to. Let's go see Mom. <laughs> I, I, Great uh, acting. It is good. I never liked that Lisa line read of there's nothing to eat for breakfast. It sounds like the beginning of a cereal commercial or something. <laughs> That's true. Well, I guess it's... I I heard that as mm-hmm. Lisa saying, I'm really upset by mm-hmm. this. Like, don't even think there's food for breakfast, Dad. Yeah. There's nothing to eat. And more than anybody else, Lisa has a specific need for Marge. Really does. Coming yeah. up, and she's, yeah. try, I think, forecasting that to everyone. Yeah, well, and to the audience mm-hmm. to just be like, Lisa's going to be upset by this soon. Yeah. And that Liza Minnelli joke, look. Liza Minnelli <laughs> she was, was a not punching a, bag in the early 90s. She wasn't in a great place in 1993. Or for pretty for many of the years after 1993, she redeemed herself with the rest of development. She really did. So fucking funny. And that was and that was like while she was with David Guest, which is like a very (laughs) sad era for one of like three gay men she married, and who looked exactly like Buster Bluth. I mean, look, you look at that guy's face. I'd punch him too. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, no, uh, spousal abuse is wrong, and I condemn it. And I I have this too. Like I am, uh, I'm guilty of being a a a creature of. 
impulse. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's very hard for me to come down on anybody like, hey, hey, you got a problem. And Marge, we need to talk. You're spending too much time at the casino, and I think you may have a problem. I won $60 last night. Woohoo! Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads to another, like, murky FU scene to sitcom conventions where they pretend that it is a full house ending of, see, we said there was a problem, and you admitted it, and... You'll be here for Lisa, and it's over. And Homer even just says, just like on TV. But meanwhile, that hole in the wall where he has shot his shotgun, it's just like, you killed someone. Yeah. Like, or you would have. Like, why did Marge not die? Yes. That, that scene is so fucking funny, yeah, too. Yeah, and then Homer, I feel like they didn't originally have the gun go off when Homer throws down his shotgun, but it's just it's this great off-camera sound effect thing of just that Homer throws down a shotgun yeah. and it's just like a shotgun blast just went off in the room where all their children are. And we heard that in, uh, sorry, in, in uh, Rosebud with uh, Barney's gun. It just goes off yes. off-screen and, yeah. and kills a woman, apparently. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, and it, it does it canonically set up in the next episode why Homer would have specifically a shotgun. True. true. A whole lot of guns. Because yeah. if you're listening from anywhere else, he's American. Mm-hmm. It's all right. And uh, then we've got another dead man. Yep. This is the real dead one. There you go. Ten years ago, man. Death stalks you at every turn. Ah, there it is. Death. It's Goulet. But this. Bobby Goulet. I don't know how, like, we're. If you listen to any of other podcasts, it's really hard not to get <laughs> Simpsons shorthand in. It's its mm-hmm. own language. I know I did it recently talking about how my. I got the iPad Pro with some gift cards because I thought, like, it's the best, right? And then I take it home, put it in front of my face, and like, that's too big. <laughs> <laughs> and no one was paying attention to me at all until I said that line. Yeah. it's a Simpsons reference. Uh, Bob and I do that all the time at work, and one other coworker gets it. And we, yeah. other times, I feel like Bob and I laugh, and then the other person who, uh, the other people who heard it are just silent, and I have to say, like, that's Simpsons. Yeah, so I know. I think how they to... know that by now. It's, now like, it's like our know. crazy twin language that we speak. You had the best one today. Of uh, there is the upcoming sequel to the Naruto series called Boruto, <laughs> and <laughs> no, then and then Bob said, "Oh, uh, my son's name is also Boruto." <laughs> <laughs> And the one other guy at work, Jack, he laughed at. He it. did crack up. Well, this one, I wasn't this, trying very this hard. This line, I always know how to get a line, uh, a laugh out of uh, Brett with this one from this. Are you sure this is the casino? I think I should call my manager. Your manager says for you to shut up. Vera said that, <laughs> and Vera was his wife while he was alive. Wow, really? Yeah, that and was his wife. And so, like every anytime Brett has a curt response. I just was Vera said that? I do like, like this is a casino. <laughs> and then Goulet, how, does, how does he fit in that treehouse? It's so yeah, strange. It's, it's, it's all beautiful. It's a bit of a cheat, but I like it. The, the Goulet is so into it, too. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like... I mean, by this point, Robert Goulet had appeared on multiple sitcoms. He's like, yeah, you cast Dude, me look, as a joke. I'm a loud I looked lizard. up his bio. Yeah. That is like all he did mm-hmm. from here until his death. Well, he, he was a famous, guest star. He got famous in the Broadway show yes. Camelot oh. and then he just was like and now I'm just a famous guy I'm famous Robert Goulet why Bob try Goulet. I'm just Goulet and I, I don't know and that's Will- great I'm just funny I had a say. Will Ferrell SNL DVD and they were cut sketches yes where he just does rap songs with complete n-words yes as Goulet wow. and it is fucking hysterical yeah it is very <laughs> funny though there's a little pause when he says the n-word of like did I say that are we gonna do this it sounded like, like he's bent extra syllables on it mm-hmm. you know another Bleh. 
I can't handle this. <laughs> thong, 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 thong. Um, he is the original Velvet Fog. <laughs> I, I love, I love Ghoulig. Ghoulig. And we learn all about the mythical Gamblor, who yes. I mentioned in the intro. Oh. Hello, Florida. <laughs> I'm not a state. I'm a monster. <laughs> no, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor. <laughs> and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. So, as Floridians at this point in your lives, nah. guys, uh, how did you feel about Lisa's poorly made Florida costume and just Florida in, getting a, a name check? In terms of Florida getting a name I check, the, cool. Florida was not the joke it was in 1993. Yeah, there was no Florida like, Man Twitter account. Yeah, yet, now, yet. now, like, I don't. I, I mean, don't, the 2000 election that ruined Florida. It's I'd what, say. Yeah, I think that's it's a whole nother laser time. The Florida episode, <laughs> yeah, with Mike Drucker from a uh, Tonight Show. Yes, um, and soon to be that Bill Nye show on. Yeah, it, it's really now. It's just like. I don't know. I, I, probably every person does this when they feel kind of offended and like that joke wasn't specific or accurate enough. <laughs> um, but the office, the office specifically mocks my hometown for the entirety of it. Oh, uh, Pennsylvania, was, apparently. Uh, well, it's its headquarters well, are in Tallahassee. Ah. And the part of the sixth season is there. Isn't mm. it so funny, the mm. idea of even being in Tallahassee? Like, It's just constantly there? mocked. Like, Kathy Bates yeah. is this hick who doesn't who can't really do business in normal places because she's from Tallahassee. <laughs> and that's what it, it, Well, 30 Rock tears apart Florida oh, yeah. as well all the uh, time. Rightly so. Yeah, Dick oh, Cheney it, going manatee hunting is one of my favorite <laughs> jokes ever on 30 Rock. And just the idea of, like, mm. a strip club in Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> as they describe something. So... But when I saw this, I had no Floridian pride. Yeah, I had been either. there. I had lived there for maybe a year at this point. And at that point, I was probably thinking, I don't like this as much as the places I lived when I was when I was a younger but kid. There, there's just no jokes at Florida's expense. There's nothing to like be like, yeah. that wasn't true. Hey, you know what? I took an entire, I took two semesters on Florida history. It is the orange juice capital. <laughs> of, it has oranges on their license plate. California produces more edible oranges. Yep. Florida produces inedible oranges. That are made in a concentrated orange juice. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's what they Which do. Which just gets flavored anyway, yes. so it's meaningless. I mean, I, I always got excited when Married with Children would reference Youngstown, Ohio, because that's where Ed Neal is uh, from. Ed O'Neill is from. Really? Yes. Uh, one episode ends with, there has been an Elvis sighting in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> so, yeah, peg. Uh, so they, now let's go to Youngstown. <laughs> no <pig>. <laughs> <laughs> They do a joke about the thawing of Jim Neighbors, mm-hmm. because Jim Neighbors is... Would be seen as like, oh, he is a lower level lounge act than mm-hmm. Goulet of just because he, he's a singer. Like Jim Neighbors is a famous singer, but well, he's not a famous. famous singer, I mean, gospel he, singer, right? Like uh, he's Gomer Pyle and a country western gospel type singer with a lovely voice. I mean, oddly enough, he is a he is a gay man, but he was he famous for gospel the, music. Yes. Well, yeah, he was gay as the day is long, but he was. He's also, and he's still alive. Him, eighty six. Yeah, is he really? He wasn't even that old when this episode was made. He's like sixty. Holy shit! Yeah, and that he and Ron Howard are the only living men from Andy Andy Griffith. Wow, Wow. I never thought of of it like that. So you're saying there's a woman who's still alive? Uh, Mm -hmm. It might be. This was just the fact I read. I can't think off the top of my head. There's a lot of younger women. One of Andy Griffith's girlfriends. Yeah, multiple girlfriends. Yeah. Seinfeld. Andy Griffith's show is not a bad show. No, I it's really good. Like I, I watched it. I don't know times. spit about statutory laws. <laughs> uh, and he actually got married to his husband of many years. He got married to his partner of many years in 2013 when it became legal in Seattle, Washington, which is where they got married. Ugh, gross. The, you the, fucking you kiss all you want. 
marriage that's disgusting. The, the craziest, especially fact, with old people. Oh, oh I don't want to think about it. The cra- but he lives in Hawaii and has like a nut farm. Yes, ha. <laughs> but the the craziest fact I found out about him was that he would have died in the mid two thousands, but he got a liver transplant that was set up. By his personal friend, Carol Burnett. Holy God. She found him a liver transplant, and so he is alive thanks to Carol Burnett. I was going to do a Carol Burnett impression and then realize it's like a combination of 18 different people who aren't (laughs) Carol Burnett. Uh, I Dream of Jeannie, I Winkle with Go Home from Tracy Ullman. I do not have a Carol Burnett. Well, I was a big fan of Gomer Pyle USMC as a kid. I'm Mm, sure it does not hold up. Yeah, I watched it a lot in the reruns. Yeah, Uh, I like that Homer at least tries. Like He does make... other episodes homer would have just been like yeah too bad you can't get a costume i'm not doing it but yeah. homer at least trying to make a costume and injuring himself with needles everywhere no, trying to sew it, it it's it's nice it's a, it's a it's a moving scene because homer it wasn't that homer was procrastinating he just assumed marge would come and do this so he wouldn't have to yeah yeah and and i think ugly and weinstein always want to make homer more human mm-hmm. more of a, a real person as as crazy and stupid as he is and homer's too dependent on marge and too dumb but like I love I love the dissatisfaction in his voice when he confronts her. You broke a promise to your child. What? You promised Lisa to help her with her costume. You made her cry. Then I cried. Then Maggie laughed. She's such a little trooper. <laughs> Lisa's costume. Oh, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. Marge. I want you to admit you have a gambling problem. You know, you're right, Homer. Maybe I should get some professional help. No, no, that's too expensive. Just don't do it anymore. <laughs> but before this, we get the immortal, you're getting a Fertoretta Aura. And you said that exactly right. You yeah, I actually the... wrote, wrote down the transcription from the subtitles on the DVD. Yeah, that's how thorough I am. Ugh. And they have a nice couple jokes that wrap up both Lisa and Bart's B stories. Like they just have the last scene with Goulet, mm-hmm. and then the last, then Lisa. Lisa just eats shit in this last yeah, scene. It's I, not fair to Lisa. I guess they're kind yeah, of yeah, treating of like she's not crying anymore. So maybe it's seen as a positive. Like, and she won an award. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm Idaho is a great Ralph one-off, <laughs> like great. non-sequitur. It's good. It, it's it's. Probably the best half-assed Halloween costume you can go for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Long sleeve, blue button-up. <laughs> Corduroy pants. Corduroy pants in a piece of paper that says Idaho taped to your chest. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> what was Wiggum doing? Um, I don't know. He wasn't in this episode. I mean, I mean, he should have helped Ralph with his costume, yeah. obviously. Yeah, that's, he probably did. Come yeah, on. that's true. He is, he is stupider than Homer, but the end, uh, Homer does Homer... rub it in a, a bit. Yeah. But that is the joke. Yeah. We yeah. do hear about some of Homer's vices, too. For the first time in our marriage, I can finally look down my nose at you. You have a gambling problem. That's true. Will you forgive me? Oh, sure. Remember when I got caught stealing all those watches from Sears? Well, that's nothing because you have a gambling problem. And remember when I let that escaped lunatic in the house because he was dressed like Santa Claus? (laughs) Well, you have a gambling problem. It's a Tales from the Crypt episode. When you forgive someone, you can't throw it back at them like that. Oh, what a jip. And like in many Oakley and Weinstein episodes, especially in season seven and eight, it ends with a sunset. People walking off into a sunset. I wanted to remark on that because, whatever, the Simpsons live up against a body of water if they have to. But it's, (laughs) it's, it's it's a shade of Springfield you don't see very often. Yeah, yeah. It's very pretty. They get a lot out of gradients. Seeing gradients in the sky, it's nice. It's a nice effect by the animators. And... 
So they leave behind Burns' casino, but it's still there. Like, Burns does send Homer back to the power plant where he'll go back to, too. But in other episodes, they would have shut down the casino at the end. They wouldn't have left it open as like, no, that casino is still there. Well, and that's I mean, why it's great when they bring it. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. It is a great joke at the expense of continuity mm-hmm. when they do demolish Burns' casino and it's implode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that they even say, like, we totally forgot this thing still existed. And why did we move it when we moved the town 10 miles? <laughs> well, there's uh, an interesting story. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... uh, to me, it, it's it's mainly notable when you unlock it in Simpsons Hit and Run. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the bigger areas you end up unlocking. Oh, right, and yeah. like, oh, oh fuck, there's game. this giant like Harbor Simpsons Vegas with this casino in the center. It's yeah, kind of so great. cool. It, or I like that also, too, they have jokes about casinos that don't involve Native Americans. Like, it was true. And it, the, it would which they a, would do. They will like, do it yeah, eventually. Seven years or so. But mm-hmm. it, it, would, it was just a 90s sitcom staple of, like, we get to have our gambling jokes, and then we get cheap jokes at Native Americans, too. Wow. I feel like Family Guy uh, and uh, Simpsons both did their uh, like Native American casino jokes at the same time. And Duckman. Like, and Duckman. It's like, that's crazy talk. No, that's my brother. Crazy talk. <laughs> Nothing's funnier. I mean, that's not funny. I'm against it. Nothing's funnier than uh, bad Native American names. I mean, look, mm. it's it's just hacky. It's not... I, I mean, you can also be offended on the part of Native Americans, or if you are a Native... Uh, I am rights with thesaurus. But... <laughs> But also, it's just bad writing. Like, it's just lame. Like, yeah, these were jokes on F Troop, like, before you were born. <laughs> uh-huh. It, it really, a... really are old jokes. Yeah, but, they're uh... lame as hell. Yeah, so that was Talking Simpsons, possibly our longest episode ever. Inexplicably, I don't know how we went on so long, but lots I of talk about gambling problems. Big and... Chief comes too quick. <laughs> Siegfried and Roy was about 15 minutes. That was. Episode, this was basically yeah. a Siegfried and Roy podcast but with some Simpsons involved. I, I I don't know. I found, I stumbled upon, like just researching this, I stumbled upon a good, better description of the show, and I'm sorry to stick it to the end of the uh, middle of the how fifth season. Uh, that it's an exploration of life, pop culture, history, through the lens of the Simpsons, like yeah. that's the most fun I have about this, like yeah. remembering an old event or like yeah. or where you were when it first premiered. Yeah, or, or researching the thing that I didn't really ever know about, like Gomer Pyle. I don't know about except through the Simpsons. Shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like it's knowing that every every show in '93 was making Siegfried and Roy jokes, mm-hmm. yes. and thinking about all the other Siegfried and Roy references you heard that were just kind of cheap gay jokes. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, they, they were the one of the, they were one of the few people living out loud. True. In, true. At, at well, that point and in time. you know we could have. Just done it of like, hey, that's Siegfried and Roy joke. I think he did get really attacked by a Tiger. The end, and just move on. But that's that, the talking that, Simpsons mm-hmm. difference, people. Yeah, we it will is. talk in excruciating detail about the most le- non interesting things you ever heard in your life. It is. So. And I'll, I'll personally fight any other Simpsons show, The Nerdist Starts, <laughs> or Your Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Chris Hardwick, you better do watch it. your mouth, buddy. Mm-hmm. So this has been Talking Simpsons. I have been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also write for Fandom. Go to fandom.com to read my video game and anime things. Oh, my God. I'm writing about anime. I'm almost 35 years old. <laughs> and my other podcast is Retronauts. Go hey. to retronauts.com every Monday for a brand new episode of Search for Retronauts mm-hmm. in your podcast device. We are a classic gaming podcast every week giving you a brand new topic. If you're new to the show, just find a topic you're interested in and mm-hmm. listen, and I guarantee you will like the if show. If you like this show, the Celebrity Games one that went up semi-recently. Oh, Celebrity Games is a great episode. It barely has anything to do with games and more is about mocking this period of pop culture yeah, history. Yeah, lots of talk about Michael Jackson, lots of talk about uh, Dennis Gallagher. Miller, Gallagher, uh, Bill Lambeer, mentioned on a podcast for the first time ever, <laughs> will never happen again. And even on basketball podcasts, no one talks about him. So please listen to say so, chat, <laughs> 
I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter, and you can also find my work at Phantom.com like Bob's, and I also would like to say, please, if you haven't reviewed this on iTunes, give it five stars. It's always nice to see new reviews on there. Please, please do that. Mm-hmm. And also, this is brought to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Mm-hmm. Patreon is what pays the bills around mm-hmm. these, these parts and what helps pay for the laser time studio mm-hmm. we're chatting it up in and it is the reason talking simpsons exists we yep. started this podcast because we As got enough tier. support mm-hmm. on there and the entire first season is exclusively on there if you're wondering why the first episodes of the yep. simpsons aren't in your podcast feed along with the seasons two three and four wrap-ups 15 episodes three season wrap-ups exclusive to patrons thank Thanks, everybody, for your support, and thanks, both of you, for oh, helping make that oh, happen. I like it. Uh, the last plug I have is uh, Laser Time. We mentioned um, How to Survive a Scandal. That was a great episode yes. of like how people, life after the thing they're set, most celebrities are, these celebrities are most notable for now. Yes. And then uh, Comedian, Shut- uh, Comedian Shutting Down Hecklers was personally really fun for me, because I love... Just unbridled nastiness. There's so many great clips in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pure uh, unfiltered rage. It's it's a topic based show where we pick oh, we pick a topic. We do a ton of research and we usually get a ton of sound clips for you. Uh, did recently a show on entire show on the Power Rangers worst rap songs. Uh, LaserTimePodcast.com. Oh, the rap one is great. I love it. Is it fun? Yeah. I miss some stuff, uh, but I, I, hey, we can always do a follow Make up. Make a sequel. Um, son of worst rap songs. Uh, but uh, 30 it's it, we have to restrain ourselves from talking about The Simpsons because there's a really strong season happening, but it's where we look back 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago back to that specific week, and we're in the sevens. 87, I'm very 97, upset and, by the things that are ten years old this year. Now, yeah, it's it's no it's, fun. It's fucking crazy because the one we the one I just did the art for, recording a little bit ahead, was the first episode of the Tracy Ullman show, right? And uh, no Simpsons yet. And then right. ninety seven, you're in season eight, like the Hank Scorpio, the John Waters, oh, uh, yeah. uh, seven or no eight. You're right. That's eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then and then the oh seven. Look, I love Grindhouse. I like that episode. So oh, fuck geez. everybody. Sure, they, people wrong. hate Grindhouse. I didn't know that. Look, it's really long, man. I, but I, I loved my time with Grindhouse, but even even I was like, boy, if Death Proof could just start now, I'd really <laughs> like this. The best thing about the entire program. What is I, I love Don't. Don't was my don't. favorite of the Don't. 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 Well, that's uh, you can find all that, including uh, this show and Video Game Apocalypse and a bunch of other articles and videos that we do, including a lot of dumb Simpson streams. Uh, at lasertimepodcast.com. I'm done. Awesome. lasertimepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Homer the Vigilante. We'll see you then. infotainment.